Dennis Stewart, there's been some talk about drugs being used to treat reflux with a certain amount of concern expressed. Mm. What do you reckon? Well, there's been some information circulating in the media, and I picked it up from my patients, saying that some of the popular prescribed medications for dealing with conditions such as reflux, which we commonly know as hyperacidity, are now being looked at with a degree of caution that there may be side effects associated with them, maybe, I emphasise, that hitherto weren't recognised. So I thought today we'd talk about looking at ways of addressing uh, gut conditions, particularly hyperacidic conditions, reflux, particularly uncomplicated cases with, uh, if you like, more natural approaches. We will be talking about reflux today on the program. We'll also be talking about things you want to talk about. Your questions welcome on 49216216. Reflux first, though. Well, Jane, most people have an idea as to what we are talking about when we refer to reflux. Sometimes it's just referred to as gourd, gastroesophageal reflux disease. And the characteristic symptoms associated with it, or the most common symptom perhaps associated with it, is a sense of burning or scalding or hyperacidic symptoms uh, that some, well, most of us at times would experience it, particularly, say, after we've eaten a, a rich meal or perhaps had too much alcohol. Uh, but there are some people uh, that have the condition due to what's called incompetence of the lower esophageal sphincter. Now, we won't go into that, but essentially what we're talking about here is a leakage of uh, of gastric contents into the gut as a result of a a minor incompetent um, functioning of a a sphincter valve in our gut, and this creates reflux, uh, uh, a movement into the stomach, if you like, of, of gut contents which are scalding burning and potentially more serious cases can lead to ulceration. It's very well uh, diagnosed and very well treated by the medical profession. Most people that experience gastroesophageal reflux consistently and seriously would have been referred uh, to a specialist to have what's called a gastroscopy, uh, sometimes an endoscopy, just to get a level of understanding as to how much inflammation or even ulceration exists there. And in those serious cases, uh, drugs known as PPI medications, very popular medications, Nexium, etc., are very confidently used to address those serious conditions. But there's a little bit of concern about uh, side effects emerging from them, only new side effects. And this is why I think that listeners need to know that there are softer options associated with hyperacidic gut conditions. And Some of these things are are worthwhile trying, even discussing with the GP, particularly, as I emphasise, when they're uncomplicated cases of reflux. And one of the most interesting things is that in what we refer to as Western herbalism, there is an an outstanding remedy that was made popular uh, by a very, very well-known and reputed English herbalist, Frank Roberts, who practised in the south of England virtually all of his life and wrote a number of textbooks on herbal medicine, um, one of them being Modern Herbal Medicine for Gastrointestinal Diseases. And Robert spoke about the herb meadowsweet. So uh, the thing that I'd like listeners to jot down today is that meadowsweet, botanically known as filipendula, is without doubt in in Western herbalism, that's English-speaking herbalism, the most likely corrective substance to address uncomplicated cases of reflux where a quiet perseverance with that herb over time 
will inevitably see a reduction of symptoms and indeed in some cases even a healing of some ulceration. So it's worthwhile taking on board, particularly for patients or people out there, that are experiencing at a level that's not considered to warrant uh, PPI medication at this stage to get hold of the herb meadowsweet. Um, we certainly stock it at our, our rooms in Alma Road, New Lambton. It's not a popular herb, but it's, it's, it's available. I'd like to mention it as a real possibility at a softer herbal medicine option to deal with reflux in its early state. That's reflux. I'm sure there'll be mm. more on reflux yes. as we go on. Um, 49216216 for your calls, your questions of Dennis and Bob's rung in from Hamilton. Um, peripheral neuropathy and medication. Hello, Bob. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing? I, I, go, no, I forgot the name of that stuff you told me to get. Okay. Did you get the information I sent you? I've got nothing, mate. Okay. Well, I know it has gone. That was the information on what was called oil of evening primrose. Remember I, that? Yeah, they'll do now. Oil of Evening Primrose. Look, Bob, it's readily available. Um, where you are, you could pick it up from Visionary Health or your health food no, store. No, I'll just that to your store. Okay. I'll around the corner. Okay. Well, it's very, very readily available. And as I said, or as the literature points out, it's very, very tentative. It poly, this, this peripheral neuropathy is a difficult condition, a very difficult condition to manage. But in some of our literature, um, there is the possibility mentioned that a quiet perseverance with oil of evening primroses, oral medication, may have some retrieving effect to a degree on the condition. It's worthwhile giving a go, Bob, and uh, if you haven't received that information, I'll check with my staff when I get back to the office after the program, but I'm sure it has gone. Oil of evening primrose. Try it and let us know how you get on, Bob. Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, talking about reflux and anything else you'd like to bring up that is going to make you feel good. 49216216, the number to call. And Oscar's rung that number. He's from Charlestown. And you've got some ringing in the ears, Oscar. Yes, I do. Hello, Oscar. Hi, Dennis. You, you have what's commonly called or medically called tinnitus. You, yeah. pro- you probably know that. Um, yeah. How long have you been battling with yours, Oscar? Uh, probably the better part of, part of 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And I've made inquiries in the past, you know, and I haven't had much success. And I last a couple of weeks back, as I was entering the home, you know, on the radio, I just sort of heard a tail end of your conversation. I thought I'd give you a ring just to try to find out a little okay. bit more. Oscar, this is a difficult condition to treat, and anyone that says otherwise, in my opinion, is having you on. But having said that, there's some confidence in in the herb known as ginkgo biloba. Mm-hmm. Ginkgo biloba was made popular after the Second World War by some German pharmaceutical companies and uh, that uh, developed a sophisticated extract from the leaf of the ginkgo tree. And um, amongst uh, one of its indications is that of being useful to address tinnitus. And I say useful because in clinical trials that were done in Europe, a long-term use of the ginkgo, now I'm talking about a very long-term, months and months, it was so useful that the European Commission declared that ginkgo was a medication worthwhile uh, being recommended uh, for that condition within Europe. And I have mentioned it frequently as a possibility. The fact that you have been experiencing tinnitus 
for so long um, works against uh, any real uh, easy, swift retreat from it. But the good thing about the ginkgo is it's readily available. If you were to Google up the herb, ginkgo biloba-tinnitus, you'd uh, find evidence of its usefulness in the condition. And over the years, I have found uh, some patients will present after they've been on it a long time and claim that it's worthwhile staying on because if it has not entirely got rid of the condition, uh, many of them will say uh, that it has attenuated the condition. So Uh I I would suggest that if you haven't tried it, um, get a good preparation of the ginkgo. Uh, Where do you live? Charlestown. Okay. Um, Look, whip down to to, um, Vitology at, um, at Westfield or at Warners Bay. Uh, they they would stock uh, plenty of good preparations of it, or indeed your local pharmacist would also try that. If you want some confirming information, uh, just uh, ring my number four nine five six two three two one, and my staff my staff will pop in an envelope some of the information that supports the statements that I've made. Thank you for that, Dennis. Appreciate it. Thank you, Oscar. Thanks, Oscar, for your call. Four nine two one six two one six. Wayne, you're in Mandalong, and a bit of a problem with some skin cancer, and you're thinking about treatment. Hello, Wayne. Hi, uh, Dennis. How are you? I'm well. Yes, I've been I've been going to my doctor. I'm I'm going for a fair bit of stage of getting cancer cut out at the moment. But I've been reading online about the possible use of cannabis oil to treat skin cancers. Do you know anything about it? Or Look, I think that you've got to be a little bit cautious about some of the claims that are being made for cannabis products presently. I, I have no doubt that Canada, cannabis has some significant contributions to make medically. And in my lifetime, I have studied the pharmacology, the phytochemistry of the herb, and it is no surprise to me today that governments around the world are looking seriously at the herb, which was used, which was used, let me emphasise, certainly prior to the Second World War, as a medicinal substance in medicine and is defined in the British Pharmaceutical Codex. The thing that worries me, to come back to my point, is that when something is being re-evaluated sensibly and clinically and scientifically, there's a there's a tendency at times for the for the substance or the medication or, or the herb to be a little bit overemphasized and uses given to it which may or may not be um capable of being sustained i'd be cautious i wouldn't recommend the treatment of any skin cancer outside of uh, management by a dermatologist or a, a general practitioner um, I would not recommend, recommend um, cannabis oil for that condition and would only recommend cannabis oil under any circumstances if it were to be approved by a medical person. Be cautious of skin cancers. Playing with them can lead to problems. I'm going for a few operations at the moment, getting a fair few cut out at the moment. Well, I think you're under the best management um, because, as you know, skin cancers are skin cancers. And uh, I had one uh, minor scare a number of years ago, uh, when my when my general practitioner, whom I've known for very many years and whom I respect greatly, um, took a lesion off my scalp, which um, he essentially said, oh, "Look, nothing to worry about, um, but we'll get it biopsied." Um, we thought it was just a, a keratosis, um, uh, something insignificant, 
and I was a little bit stunned when a week later he said, get yourself into the surgery straight away. We've got a job to do on you. And it turned out to be a squamous cell carcinoma, which, if let go, could have developed into something serious. So respect what your doctor's doing there. Don't play with skin cancers. And we'll go now to Karen, who's rung in from Mannering Park. Now, there's a good word, granular motus. Hello, Karen. Hello. What, what, what treatment are you having, Karen? Um, I, in, the, in the 80s, I was diagnosed with Wagner's granular mitosis. Yes. And I was wondering, it's not on your disease, I was just wondering what uh, remedies would be good to up this my what um what treatment are you having presently? Um, I haven't for many years. I just like to keep my health Are you symptom are you symptomatic? Is the condition asserting itself or is it stable? No, it's it's stable. In, it's okay. Well look, I I recommend um and I think you'd expect me to say this, but I recommend to all people that have had a condition of of seriousness like this, um to be vigilant about their health and one measure I encourage is to respect the role particularly of vitamins, minerals and, and some herbs in in priming the immune system. Um, so many of my patients that have experienced uh, cancers and, and other conditions that are in remission, I encourage them to uh, reinforce the immune system. I believe strongly in that. I know it's a controversial concept, but I think I've got a right uh, to give a viewpoint on this after having seen the Astragalus 8 formula, which I introduced into this country about 25 years ago, having seen it do such a good job in what I believe in lifting the person's ability uh, to strengthen their immune system and to fight uh, various infections. So um, I would see it as one self-help supplement that is credible in seeking to reinforce your concern about your immunity. And ca- Sorry, yeah. I have bought some, um, yes. as to go a but yes. I am on a number of other medications. Okay. Not related to the Wagner's granulomatosis. So if you are on any um, medication that has an immunological effect, you would probably be not advised to take astragalus. Uh, by that I mean if you're on um, medications that address autoimmune diseases, you'd wonder whether you needed to be on astragalus 8 there. But if you're not using anything for any immunological condition, I can't see any reason why astragalus 8 wouldn't be useful. This is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, taking your calls on 49216216, which is the number that Alison rang from Edgeworth. And a question about vertigo, Alison. Hello, Alison. Hi, Dennis. How are you going? I'm good. Tell me about your vertigo. Um, I have recently been on a trip. Yes. Um, it's been approximately a month. And yes. since having come back... Um, I've never suffered with vertigo before, but mm. now I'm suffering chronically with it. Okay. Uh, just been taking some Stematol, yes. um, which does, in fact, make me quite ill. And I was wondering if you've got any suggestions. Okay. Is your vertigo or dizziness, for the sake of listeners that don't know what vertigo is, is your vertigo associated with any sort of uh, um, hearing problem, blockage of the eustachian tubes, sinus, anything like that? No. Uh, did you fly when you went overseas? No, um, it was a cruise. Okay, but it's when you came back from the cruise, you you cop vertigo. Did you have? Yes. Were you seasick when you were on on the boat? 
No, not at all. I took um, a antihistamine every day, as okay. suggested or recommended, and okay. I was fine on the cruise. It's only since I've got off the cruise. Okay. Now, you've never had vertigo before? No, but I am a chronic sinus sufferer. Okay, and this, this is what I was hinting at. Uh, sometimes uh, vertigo can be a symptom associated with something else. Okay. And um, it, it would seem that, well, to me it would be worthwhile having a word uh, with your GP about getting him to just do a little bit of sinus investigation, maybe even a short burst on an antibiotic, maybe to check you for something like glue ear. Um, get it looked at. Vertigo is, is a symptom. It, it needs to be looked at rather than just uh, taken for granted. Um, you've obviously got no, not, you haven't got high blood pressure. No. And your and your your iron levels are generally okay? Um, I haven't had them checked. Okay. But... Look, one thing I would throw into the equation is that this may be a transitory thing. It probably is. Uh, if that is the case, and particularly if after investigation everything turns out okay, there's a remarkable herb that's not well known. Um, it was uh, made famous by an English herbalist called William Smith. Uh, listeners might be fascinated with the number of English herbalists that I mentioned, but these were my mentors. These were men whose ideas and books and literature uh, gave me the, the basis of my practice uh, even to this day. Now, William Smith was a northern Englishman, and just as Frank Roberts made famous meadowsweet for reflux in the south of England, uh, Willie Smith, as he was known, uh, made famous the herb wood betony, wood betony. B-E-T-O-N-Y, and it's botanically known as Botonica, B-E-T-O-N-I-C-A. There is a good monograph of the herb in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia of 1983, and one of its indications that I've depended on for all my professional life has been its use in addressing vertigo. So if nothing else is helping you and if the condition is sustained and your medical practitioner is, is, is sure that there is no other contributing or complicating features, um, in other words, if it's a functional condition, try some wood betony. It's not easy to get, but again, I would say, if you can't get it, any herb that I mention is always available for my rooms in 39 Alma Road, New Lambton. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. And thanks for your call, 49216216, and that's the number Kevin rang from Swansea. Now, Kevin, your wife's got arthritis in her hands. Yes, love. Hello, Kevin. How are we going, good, Dennis? Good, So your wife's got rheumatoid or osteoarthritis, Kevin? Uh, the class is osteo. Okay. Um, has she tried anything at all? Uh, She's on osteoes, okay. Panadol osteo. Okay. Look, you've probably heard me on the program before talk about a product of mine called Glucosaplex. Glucosaplex is a product that I formulated. It it does incorporate glucosamine and chondroitin, but it is much more expansive than that. It contains the New Zealand green dip mussel, it contains curcumin, it contains bioflavonoids, and I have been prescribing that and supplying it to my patients and clients for probably close to 20 years I get good results with it, particularly when people persevere with it. So what I'm going to do, Kevin, I'm going to get my staff back at my office uh, to send your wife a pack of my Glucosaplex, and she can try that. She will probably have to uh, have it repeated for some time, but we'll get you started with a, a pack free of charge from the program for your wife to try with some information, 
And uh, I mentioned that to all other listeners, the Glucosaplex product available from my rooms and Vitology shops is one of my own formulations and I'll be happy to get the feedback from your wife, Kevin. That'll be great. Thank you, Dennis. And, uh, well, no, we'll hope now to go to... Hello, mystery listener. <laughs> Hello. You've got a question for Dennis? Hello? Yes. Yes, yes, yes and your name, your name is? My name's Matthew. Yes, um, Matthew. Dennis, I, um, I was on chemotherapy for three months. Yes. And during my chemotherapy, um, I used cannabis on a daily basis. Yes. I didn't smoke it. Yes. I ate it. Yes. And um, I have to say that for those who, who, who are wondering about it, um, I didn't have any side effects of the chemotherapy yeah. at all. And the actual fact that the doctors were quite surprised yes. um, by the way I, I handled the chemo. Now, I was on triple strength chemotherapy. Yes, yes. Um, and still still now, I still still eat the cannabis. Yes. Um, and it, it helps on a daily basis, you know. Well, well, I'm not at all surprised that you got a benefit in that condition because, as I said earlier on the program, I actually support uh, yeah. the medical monitored use of the substance and its anti-nauseant characteristics yeah. are yeah. well known, well known. So uh, you have proved what is in the literature and what many other people have said from their own experience that a medical yeah. use of it to manage some of the side effects of chemotherapy is really justified. And if I were asking, asking an, an opinion uh, by anyone in government or medicine as to what my attitude would be, I would say that patients, generally speaking, would have a really good option of getting benefit, particularly from the nausea associated with chemo, if they were entitled to and enabled to take a medical preparation of it. Good on you. Yeah. Good on yeah, you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had to do it on, on the quiet. Yes. But the doctors yes. all knew about yes. it. And to be honest with you, they were very, very surprised. Yes. Now, They've entered some of that data into, yes. into the new research. Yes. So that that doesn't it just goes to show it's, it's it's not it's not what people think is a bad drug. In actual fact, in its in its purest form, it seems to be quite a quite a good thing. If in fact it, this um, needs to be appreciated that that uh, cannabis sativa, a tincture of it, was used and defined uh, prior to the Second World War, and it was called up in the British Pharmaceutical Codex. And I'll tell you a little story here that might indicate uh, my considered importance of this substance. Many years ago, a gentleman uh, came down from the New England area to see me. He came with his son. He had a very rare procedure done, uh, the removal of what was called a phaochromocytoma, which is a benign um, tumour on the adrenal gland. And he had major abdominal excisions. They do it by keyhole surgery these days, but he had it done years ago. And as a consequence of the surgery, he was left with peripheral neuropathy and was experiencing great trauma and great drama. His son, who was a respectable gentleman with a, with a background in pharmacy, read up on the possibilities of medical cannabis sativa being useful in addressing this condition. And he came all the way down to my rooms in New Lambton to see if I had any information that would tend to support uh, the contention of his pharmacy son. And I was able to go to the literature, the British Pharmaceutical Codex, have the monograph, particularly of the tincture's indications, and supply him with it. Well, this is Health Naturally, thanks to our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And we're taking your calls on 49216216. 
Kerry uh, has rung in from Lambton now, and we're talking about glucosaplex here. Hello, Kerry. Hello. Um, I'm just um, going to ask a question. Um, I've been taking your glucosaplex for quite a while, and it, I've had wonderful results with it. Good. Um, but I went to an orthopaedic surgeon a couple of weeks ago, and he was, I've got diabetes, and he was talking about what I could take, and he was saying that glucosamine can put up your sugar levels. Have you ever heard of that? All I can say is that um, I have had uh, glucosaplex circulating. I've prescribed it. Um, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people taking it. I have never had any feedback um, indicating that glucosaplex complicates any diabetes. Um, I stand contradiction, but in my experience, I have not seen any evidence of that. Um, what I would say is, uh, if it were to be, a pro- if it was going to be a problem your GP would have picked it up in your blood sugar assessment. There would have been some indication that your blood sugar levels were uh, were being troubled if you were taking this in any detrimental way. So I think the proof of the pudding the proof of the pudding is in the eating. You've been using it, you're getting great benefit from it, which I would expect. You've been taking it for some time. If there were to be any consequences on your blood sugar level, your doctor would have picked that up by now. I'd never heard of that problem before. And last week on the program, you you mentioned it's fenugreek, isn't it? That yes. somebody said was yes. very good for diabetes. Yes, yeah. fenugreek is a remarkable remedy. We could talk all day about it. It is probably one of the most popularly used Middle Eastern remedies. I think last week I spoke about uh, the way in which it was used by Middle Eastern women uh, in, in lactation. But fenugreek also in significant quantity. Now, this is the point, in significant quantity. In other words, if you take you know, just a level teaspoonful of fenugreek, it's unlikely that you're going to get a benefit. But again, the literature... Uh, and the clinical experience with fenugreek is very, very sound. And there are some uh, pharmaceutical products, particularly European products, that uh, incorporate fenugreek, particularly for addressing, if you like, moderately elevated levels of blood sugar. So if you're going to use fenugreek, well and good, but you'd have to be using, I would estimate, at least a tablespoonful of it daily to get the benefits from it. But it's a good... I got some tablets, a thousand milligrams. Well, now with those, you'd have to be, uh, you have to look at the label to see whether or not the thousand milligrams was actually of the crude herb or whether it was of the concentrate. But generally speaking, I come back to the point. Fenugreek, yes, it's useful, and the literature, you could Google it up and find confirmation of it, useful as a self help measure at a food level to try to control blood sugar, but. Again, I'd be surprised if a thousand milligram of the crude herb on its own would do the job. Mm, thanks for your call, Kerry. And Myrna from New Lambton. Now, you've reached the ripe age of 80 and you're very sprightly, Myrna. <laughs> you there? Yes. Hello, Myrna. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, thanks. Not a mouthful of food. I was eating my dinner. <laughs> well, how about that? We've all got to eat. So, yeah, no, I'm 85. Yes. 80. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. Pretty energetic. Good. But I'm having, I'm having this problem with um, balance. Yes. And I seem to think maybe it's to do with lack of iron. 
So I'll eat all the right foods. Yep. Whoops, I think we've lost you. Okay, what a pity. Well, Myrna, maybe we'll hear from you again. Whoops. <laughs> okay. Uh, however, let's go to Doug, who's rung in from Fletcher. Hello, Doug. Hello, everyone. Today, Hi, Doug. Doug. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Good, good. I'm ringing up mainly for, well, uh, for my brother. Yes. Uh, who's age 67. Yes. Uh, he has a problem with um, excessive sweating in yes. the upper body. Yes. Now, he's had this for some time. Uh, yes, he has. He's um, a little overweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wouldn't pass his BMI. Okay. Um, but uh, he's been to um, medical specialists about it. Yes. Um, he's on, uh, they did give him drugs, but he's also on um, uh, warfarin, uh-huh. which then um, the medication that they gave him, and I'm not sure what it was, affected his warfarin. Okay. So um, well, I thought, if, why don't give, give, give you a call okay. and see what you if, there, if there's anything that's likely to be of use to him, um, uh, 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 any herb that has what we call antihydrotic characteristics. Antihydrotic characteristics are those characteristics which see a herb or a drug being used to address unusual perspirational conditions. If there's any herb that's going to be useful, it's the herb entitled red sage, salvia officinalis. Now, salvia officinalis is well-documented again, incredible literature, the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia of 1983. It is mainly used, as, as you would expect, to deal with very severe flushing of the menopause. Many ladies yep. uh, experience flushing and even perspirational problems. And over the years, sage has been one of my first line of defences. Um, it's a very inexpensive herb. It's easily uh, taken. It comes either in capsule form, uh, liquid form or tea form. Um, I, Off the cuff, I can't see how it would interact uh, with warfarin, but anyone on warfarin needs to let their doctor or specialist know what other substances they may be taking. As far as I am aware, there are no um, uh, characteristics in red sage that might interfere with warfarin, but uh, if he were to give it a go, it would be the ethical thing to let his medical managers know what he's doing, yep. and he'd need to be on it a little while. But the good thing is, apart from its safety, is very inexpensive. So the worst thing that could happen is he could take the thing, and he'd need to be on it for about a month, by the way, to make okay. an assessment. The worst thing that could happen is that he could take it and might not get a benefit, but it's worthwhile trying. I think he's, um, about, he's up for trying anything. So oh, I, just, I believe that. He just asked for Red Sage. Yeah, um, look, the, the, yeah. the thing about it is, uh, where, where do you live? Uh, he lives in Toronto. Okay, well, look, his, his health food store there, or the health food store at Warners Bay, the Vitology yep. Health Food Store, they would sock, they not sock, they would stock sage in multiple forms. So I think it's worthwhile going there. I know at Warner's Bay, the Vitology shop there has a couple of naturopaths and herbalists whom I trained, and they would know exactly what I'm talking about. Go there and get some from there. Thanks for your call. And time for just one more quick one. John from Chain Valley Bay. Hello, John. Good day, John. Hello. How are you, John? How are you going, Dennis? Good, good. You got a problem you, with you, look? Uh, you had a uh, a chap on the radio about his wife's hands. Yes. Uh, going, uh, do you remember it? I do indeed. Now, I had the same problem for yeah. twenty years. Yes. And then, can I mention the specialist name I went to? Best not to. Okay. 
I went to a specialist in Macquarie Street. Yes. And he found it was a fungal, inspe- uh, a fungal infection. Yes. And, and what happened was he put me on Grisio Fulgur. Yes, it's an antifungal agent, yes. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I was on it for every day, every yes. single day for 18 months. Yes. And that's clear. Yes. Now, I haven't had the problem for 20, about 25 years. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? It is, and, and I'm only just saying because if that guy rings back, or if you can contact that guy, uh, you'll be able to tell him to go and see a specialist, or his wife to go and see a specialist, and, and he'll probably do the same thing. Yes. Yes. If if the if the condition is of a fungal nature, that would be more than likely prescribed. But unfortunately, dermatitis conditions can be associated with many things. But look, thanks for ringing in, John. That's good feedback, mate. That's fantastic, and that brings us almost to the end of Health Naturally today. Thank you very much, busy program, Dennis. Jane. Certainly been we busy with well. some you great well. questions, mm. and uh, we're looking forward to doing it all again next week uh, on Health naturally on 2NURFM. That'll be after the midday news on Friday.